0: here we go here we go here we go wednesday you know what that means it means aew dynamite and then the after show right here on wrestling inks youtube and twitch with me justin Labar, and my partner in crime alfred Cunwell. aka this is nasty alfred how you doing tonight
1: Doing great, man. It's uh, just been such a busy first couple of weeks to January. I, it's surprising that it's not more than a couple of weeks. We're not even a month into the new year, and it feels like a new crazy story every day. And uh, I, I wouldn't have it any other way. I just feel like it's been a lot of fun to cover wrestling recently.
0: I feel yeah. We're only 12 days into January, and it feels like a lot has happened in that 12 days uh, on every side of the aisle uh, the pro wrestling uh, world, whether it's AEW, WWE, or even, even beyond with Ring of Honor, MLW this week. Good Lord! Uh, yeah. A lot, a lot <laughs> to digest. Uh, we'll talk about some of it uh, intentionally or unintentionally <laughs> via our conversation tonight. And of course, you can uh, help steer the conversation with your super chats, which we greatly appreciate. We appreciate all the chatter going on in the chat room. It's pretty cool, Albert. That, so, that, again, for those of you that aren't watching the video version, you know, live with this live uh, chat room that's going on. And this this chat room is is active all night. They, they start, you know, several hours ago when AEW starts. As soon as they get the link of where the video is going to be tonight, they're on, you can come on, you know, 830, 9 o'clock Eastern time. And they're, they're all having like a watch along party, essentially talking about AEW and talking about what we're going to talk about and, and speculating what our opinions are going to be. So it's quite the watch party. So again, if you're around on a Wednesday night, I want to get even more of your your wrestling experience you can come on here to the wrestling inc uh channels on youtube or twitch and, and partake in the live chat and then just after AEW dynamite's done here we are alfred and i uh to join the conversation with all of you so very uh, very cool wrestling community we got going on here uh via wrestling inc
1: yeah it's awesome great community too a lot of great people funny people in the chat should be very entertaining to be part of these chats
0: absolutely absolutely of course so uh, big thanks to our sponsor our presenting sponsor manscape we'll tell you about manscape uh, of course loving that they uh sticking with us now for for months every single wednesday here with alfred and i a lot of fun A lot of appreciation. Uh, Before we get into AEW Dynamite, let's take a look at some of the news headlines. We have two headlines, one of which we're going to hold until the appropriate time when we get into AEW Dynamite, as you'll see why uh, when we get there. But first, let's take a look at what the biggest news in the WWE world today. And, Alfred, that's got to be as a new exclusive report coming from Fightful Select. And they reveal that they talked to their sources. And, in fact, Corey Graves, sometime in 2021, got medically cleared, meaning that he could now – you know get get physical and 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 potentially have an in-ring career again with wwe for those not familiar Corey graves of course have been uh arguably the best commentator wwe's had for uh, since 2014 is stretching from his time in nxt and then uh or excuse me stretching from his time leaving nxt coming to raw and smackdown but prior to that he was an active competitor in nxt prior to that he was uh, a very well-known independent wrestler uh based right here in pittsburgh known as sterling james keenan so Corey graves a lot of history inside the ring, offered. Again, the WWE mainstream audience would not know it. They just know him as the as the witty heel commentator. But now it looks like you know Daniel Bryan, Edge, uh, you know, joining the list of guys who were once medically disqualified. Corey Graves could, could step back into the ring in WWE. What do you think of this?
1: Yeah, and even women, Nikki Bella, who we're going to see in the Royal Rumble, I feel, feel like it was a couple of months ago, she was saying that because of her neck issues, she was advised medically to never compete again, but there's just no such thing as retirement in professional wrestling. I mean, we all know this. Uh, even when you are medically disqualified, we have seen that with advances in science and different methods, um, people are able to get cleared. And this has kind of been a story for maybe the past year or so where Corey Graves was training with his brother recently and then he tweeted that he wanted to wrestle because he's inspired by edge and now here we go and i think a lot of people are discounting how big of a story this could be who knows how creatively wwe will handle this but Corey graves is kind of whether you want to call it beloved whether you want to call it polarizing he is a character that everybody is familiar with and reacts to and has an opinion of and you get to see his perspective in the wrestling for the every week for the past couple of years so he's a very public facing character in wwe so if they play this right they can build big matches with Corey Graves because he's essentially already over with the WWE audience which is half the battle
0: that is half the battle maybe even more than half the battle yeah. uh you know, look I, I first off I mean I guess congrats goes out to him you know just to be be offered the clearance of having a chance again because I mean and they WWE documented I forget which particular documentary on the WWE Network but they documented um, you know, Corey being medically disqualified, and you know he was in NXT and just you know kind of just struggling, trying to make it, you know, and you know had the family, and then they showed Triple H basically offering him, "I want to put you behind the commentary desk, I want to keep you employed, we think you'd thrive there." And boy, has he thrived! So, congrats to Corey Graves for getting the opportunity now of getting kind of a second chance potentially. Now, I think even if he doesn't become WWE champion, that's fine. I do think there's opportunity to use him. However, I would still, I mean, I still think the best play is he remains on the commentary desk as his number one, kind of like Jerry Lawler in the nineties. He's commentary desk. Number one, he's so good and valuable there. And obviously you don't have to take bumps every single night. That's longevity, what have you, but you have the ability and you do have the creative freedom. Like you just said, offered to work him in. And obviously WWE more than ever, you know, it used to be taboo. If you, if the, if the guys and if the boys and the girls were, were, were co-mingling that, that stayed behind private doors. Uh, now, it seems like literally half the roster, if not more, is is dating or married. And maybe just because of the, the, the life these days, it's just easier to be that way. Um, but they're very public now about mixed couple, mixed tags and couples. And I mean, just look at the Edge Miz storyline. So I think, you know, there is great potential for Corey Graves and Carmella, you know, creatively at, at the right time to do something. And, and there's times to pull Graves from behind the desk when he has to own up to his, his heel words that he's been, you know, spewing on commentary. Uh, so I think that's great creatively, but I still would say, I think the best play is for him to be commentary first, special attraction, wrestling second.
1: 100%. I think that would be the best use of him as a glorified part-timer who could build up the storylines while he's sitting right there in your living room. I, I don't think they should overexpose him. And I think there's, you know, whether you want to call it money, whether you want to call it intrigue or however you measure people's interest, I think there is a lot of interest in Corey Graves wrestling if they play this right.
0: I do, too. because And you're right, He is over. I mean, he, he essentially gets to cut a three-hour promo or a two-hour promo, depending on what show he's on, every single week. Yes. Um, it, it just, just advancing his character and advancing his opinions on the other superstars. Now, obviously, his opinion always has to be support the heel, bash the face, but he he gets his character over. He gets his voice over. So I think then if that can be directed towards one sole focus, one creative thing, if it's he and Carmella versus, you know, you know, pick, pick the opposition. Uh, Yeah, you're right. He's already won. I think it's more than half the battle, quite honestly. Uh, Mike D with a super chat. First one of the night. Appreciate it. $5 says natural disasters, hall of fame, question mark, or earthquake and tugboat solo in the hall of fame near future. Uh, Yeah. I was having this conversation Monday with Raj and Jack trying to remember who's in the hall of fame already. If they're not, I would definitely put them in as a natural disaster earthquake and typhoon. That was the, that was where the value was, was the most, you know, tugboat is what it is. Shockmaster is what it is. Yeah earthquake dressed up as um what was it golga the, and the, <laughs> the cartman doll but yeah. natural disasters that's where it's at right there naturally
1: yeah, i will say this if tugboat is to go into the hall of fame it has to be as part of the natural disasters <laughs> with all due respect to fred ottman who was a good hand but i could see john tenta earthquake going into the hall of fame by himself in terms of wwe hall of fame i thought he was uh i mean i was a child when he was very popular so maybe he was more impressionable on me but he was a good great big man worker and uh even in different gimmicks i know wcw might not have worked out but prior to that he was a great athlete and i think he was just uh, one of the more talented uh, heels of the 90s
0: absolutely yeah For, you know fred ottman everybody seems like a great guy from what everybody uh talks about he's still alive and hits the you know the convention circuits and the legend circuit uh john tenta unfortunately not with us anymore i i had a thrilling experience i got to meet him as a kid uh once uh, and he i mean he was he, we're talking about larger than life i mean he was larger than life but such a nice guy from what i recall. And, yeah, hell of a career. You know, I had a background in sumo. Even I mean, it yeah. was a, a hell of a career. And I remember that debut? Uh, I was in West Virginia. He Made that debut coming out of the crowd, uh, being posed as a fan who's taking a challenge. And you know, then then with his heel work as, as Earthquake, and yeah, a lot of stuff. Yeah, always fun to you know. We're getting that time. We're getting that, to that time of speculating what the Hall of Fame class is going to look like this year. So, uh, right there, a, uh, a a good good request by our fans here. All right, so Corey Graves again kind of wrapping that conversation up we'll keep an eye on it uh just to kind of finish off and you can read more detail on wrestlinginc.com uh attributing Fightful's report uh Fightful did reach out to both WWE and Graves and did get responses from both parties but neither party would confirm or, nor deny so uh make what you want out of that but uh Corey Graves could be uh could be in the ring sooner rather than later we'll keep an eye on that all right uh let's go ahead and jump into aew dynamite here uh dynamite coming to you tonight from raleigh north carolina uh raleigh north carolina we kick it off with adam cole coming out with bobby fish and kyle raleigh cutting a promo uh rare promo open for dynamite they usually start out with uh usually they try to get right into the in-ring action save promos and backstage stuff for later but no they start start this one off with the promo in the ring and um Cole, very happy, uh, says that they're ushering in a new era. Uh, hint, hint, wink, wink, and AEW. Uh, the Bucks come out. They, they weren't invited out there. They're a little unhappy with Fish and O'Reilly being out there, and the Bucks want to become – they remind everybody that it's their company. They want to be tag champions again. Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly have the same goal. Adam Cole trying to play peacemaker. He doesn't like the fact that uh, his new school buddies and old school buddies can't get along here. We all need to sit at the same lunch table, so to speak. And he says, look, we're not going to be, you know, we're we're the strongest faction there is. We're not like those jobbers, like the best friends. And here comes the best friends and all hell and brawl breaks out, including Chris Statlander stepping in there, getting Adam Cole's face. And logically, who should come out to defend Adam Cole? And it's Dr. Britt Baker. She comes out, uh, takes out Statlander and even helps uh, Cole and the boys uh, finish off the rest of the best friends. So, again, a, a unique start by AEW standards, Alfred. Uh, a lot of layers, a lot of a lot of stories. Jim Ross even said there's a lot of stories to follow here. Uh, what did you take away from this?
1: Listen, I have no problem with the kind of WWE Raw-style opening because it advanced the storyline. Coming out of this, we got something very newsworthy in that Britt Baker now seems to be a full-fledged member of the elite. They are no longer doing a wink-wink thing with Adam Cole and her dating. They're throwing it right out there. I I think this is good in terms of how it advanced. Uh, You know, It's not something I want to see every week on AEW. I think we get enough of that, and it it does seem lazy at times. But if this was the end, it was a good way to get there because they're already feuding with the best friend. And Chris Statlander is a me- member. We're not going to expect to see Adam Cole and her come to blows. And so this was a great alternative to that. So really didn't have a problem with uh, how this advanced. And they really did get to the action quite quickly. I didn't think that they uh, went on too long in terms of talking-wise. So this is good. They're doing a good job, yes, weaving a lot of these storylines together. But uh, I had no problem with this.
0: Yeah, logical to have Britt aligned with them. Uh, be curious to see <clears throat> um be curious to see if Britt still retains regularly having her little mini-stable with with Reba and, and with uh, Jamie Hayter. Um, but it does obviously again, make sense if Adam Cole and company are feuding with another faction that has a female. I mean, there's, it, it would, it would be a complete, it, it would enrage AEW fans. If they had any other woman aligned in a group with Adam Cole, they, they would just be, everybody would just scream. So I mean, it's so good on AEW to not, you know, try to, you know, yeah. Yeah. Well, I, mean, I don't expect them to do because they're, they're a lot more transparent and do listen to the audience, but I'm just glad. You know, I'm glad they didn't they didn't miss that net layup there. So right.
1: <laughs> could have gotten ugly. It really could have.
0: Right. Uh Ho Joe to go Balinski, five dollars. Alfred, any info on Packers Desarius Smith. Uh, uh hearing Gargano wants to start wrestling again. Where? Question mark. Uh Alfred Packers update first
1: yes Zaria smith looks like he's gonna go for the playoffs so we could potentially have zedaria smith all world corner jay alexander uh back for the playoffs and even batiari at left tackle so packers could get back healthy and a lot of expectations i'm trying to uh, keep myself centered in terms of our chances i hope we go and win to the super bowl but this is our year feels like our year and uh, i like that we're going to be loaded as far as johnny gargano i don't know maybe we'll see him sooner rather than later uh Justin, they are coming to his uh, hometown. They're coming to Ohio in a couple of weeks. The Wolstein Center, I believe. So maybe sooner rather than later. Maybe. Who knows?
0: They are. I have my own thoughts about what will happen in Cleveland. We'll get to. Um, I actually, I don't know. You know, I, I feel like Johnny, um, first of all, I don't, I don't know necessarily if Johnny's going to be resurfacing aggressively anytime soon. I, I I, do truly believe there's something to him. Uh, you know, if he's got his the child, birth of a child coming, I think, in February, I do truly see him taking this, this time off and waiting through that and just, you know being a new father and enjoying that and taking that in and making that adap- adaptation to life. I could see him being somebody who pops up night after mania. I really could see him remaining with WWE. You know, the more I think about this and, and I, and I think about, I think about how we've seen Johnny, how, how he flourished in NXT uh, you know, reading transcripts of interviews he's done recently, talking about his you know his just his his relationship that he formed with Shawn Michaels. You know, I I, I met you know I, I started working with Johnny over a decade ago, and I knew how much he loved Shawn Michaels. I knew Johnny then before he got to WB, and you know Shawn Michaels is his guy. So the fact that he's got to work professionally with him, I just feel like all those things considered, I feel like Johnny would stay put. He's he's there. Granted, he's never been on Raw. Granted, he hasn't never been a full time regular participant of Raw and SmackDown. He's still in the WWE umbrella, he's probably done with NXT. So it would be Raw or SmackDown that he goes to next. I just kind of feel like that always was the dream. And I feel like, you know, the financial security he could have and, and, and you know, it's always a risk you can get cut at any point. Yes, but I, I just feel like he might recognize oh, there's a lot of people that have gone to AEW. Somebody has to still be a star in WWE and maybe and, and I know he believes in himself so much that he would believe that he could defy the odds of being one of the few that are top dogs in NXT that can then become a top dog on raw or SmackDown. So I, that's what I think. I mean, you know, maybe he shows up early in rumble, what have you, maybe I'm completely wrong. Maybe he shows up in Cleveland in a few weeks in AW, but I had this gut feeling that he's going to stick with WWE, And when they reset their calendar after mania, that's, that's where we, we see him uh, surfaces on Monday yeah, or Friday. So we'll keep an eye. That's always, those kind of stories are always fun uh, to keep watching. <clears throat> All right. Another story we got going here is the very fun story of MJF and CM Punk, CM Punk's pursuit to get his hands on MJF. MJF uh, put his muscle Wardlow to the task tonight, and before we get to that match, offer, they show us a Wardlow Symphony video package, just kind of hyping up and, and re- recapping the dominance that he's had, uh, and especially the power bomb uh, gimmick that he's worked into. So you know that, alongside the promotion that's been leading up all week on social media and such, they really uh, were telling you we don't know if Wardlow's going to win, but you knew that this was going to be a match to keep an eye on that was going to you know elevate him in some capacity, and oh, did it ever! So Wardlow comes out with MJF, and they know of course, Wardlow's 40 and 6, uh, 40 wins, six losses, 18 wins in a row going up, going up against the 9-0 and zero CM Punk. And folks, if you haven't seen the match, go watch it. But I'll tell you this: it is Wardlow all damn day. The theme of this match is Wardlow's strength, and he's countering everything that CM Punk does. Punk's trying and trying, but he just cannot overcome. Um, you know, the only thing Punk encounters, he escapes. One or two power bomb attempts at first, one way or the other. But Wardlow just continues to dominate to the point of where Wardlow delivers five power bombs. Normally he does four, and the Symphony goes five. He's ready for it to be done with, but MJF says no. I want more. Wardlow hits a sixth power bomb, then he hits a seventh power bomb. MJF says no. That's not enough. Roll him outside. Put him through a table. Power up number eight through the timekeeper's table. Punk's almost counted out. He makes it back in barely, and it was a very slow uh, ten count by the ref to give him time. And then the attempt for number nine comes by uh, by Wardlow at MJF's uh, you know vehement request. And as Wardlow reluctantly goes for number nine, CM Punk has just enough time to roll him up in a small package and get the one, two, three. So uh, so that I mean just there. And then after the match, MJF just verbally harassing Wardlow, saying you can never win the big match, and it gets to the point where he's poking the bear. Wardlow grabs the finger, and the crowd rises. or we think this is finally going to be the moment. And Sean Spears comes in to try to mediate and calm things down. I mean, look, Alfred, this this is as good as a win for Wardlow, if not better, right?
1: I yes, I, I actually this is what we were talking about last week, and this is a scenario that I kind of mapped out with Sean Spears, not necessarily MJF, in that because he's lost so many big matches. Are they going to I think it was very important that they at least gave him dominance over CM Punk and how generous was CM Punk going to be is he going to give him a visual pinfall where it looks like he has him beat before all the shenanigans start and that's what happened and I thought that if you're going to lose this is about as good as you can look in that he had CM Punk beat multiple times throughout this match and. I thought his WWE tryout went very well. You know, there is talk that these WWE officials are very high on Wardlow. He does come off as a WWE guy. Mm -hmm. If you look at a match like this and see him really look so impressive, doing very explosive-looking power moves, I think it does work very well in his favor. And uh, I I thought that this was good in terms of you just didn't know what the bigger match was, honestly. As much as they've been pouring into MJF and CM Punk, that MJF Wardlow, that reaction you were talking about, that was piping hot in terms of people like, oh, this is going to be the moment. So again, MJF, two money feuds on his hands at the same time.
0: Two money feuds. Yeah, th- look, uh, you know, CM Punk, you know, returned to wrestling, you know, arrives at AEW in August. This was the most that CM Punk has done for AEW. And I'm and and you know, I'm not trying to completely discredit his match with Darby and some of the other matches he's had, but the bottom line is. This is what CM Punk needed needs to be doing. I'm not saying CM Punk needs to be dominated to this extent by all the future of AEW. He was being, you know, he played into stories. Wardlow's bigger than him, stronger than him, just, you know, just overpowered him I and mean, flat out should have beat him. But he was so distracted by, you know, the, you know the the the, the swarmy MJF that that that's controlling him. Uh, but you know when Punk came back. It was like, okay, you elevate the future, and, and of course, he's wanted to work with the future. It's why we haven't seen him work Chris Jericho or Brian Danielson. He's working with fresh, new, younger opponents. But even then, it, it it this has been the most giving. This has been the most impact that I can recall. And of course, the story helps. You know, there wasn't a long story with he and Darby. There wasn't a long story with he and uh, whoever the hell from Team Taz. Even fought. you know, there hasn't been those long. Stories, you know, this has a story, and it's so that's so deep with MJF and Wardlow, and so this was this was Sam Punk's greatest contribution to AEW to date, in my opinion. Oh, very uh, and you, yeah, and you and you mentioned the uh, you know interest in WWE. So you know, the other news story we're going to touch on that again, you can uh, read about on Wrestling Ink. Uh, Wrestle votes at WrestleVotes, votes, very um, you know very popular Twitter account that always seems to have a little scoop from the inside, noting that uh, definitely there are many people in WWE that that, that have opinions that matter who uh, have their eye on Wardlow, are impressed with him, and would love to try to lure him over uh, contractually when that is possible. Um, and so that's, again, not a surprise, like you said. What I find funny about this is that is Wardlow actually, for those of you who don't know, Wardlow, he could have been a WWE guy. Before AEW was even a thing, Wardlow actually had a, a tryout both at the Performance Center and this never made air to television, so I don't know how many people know this. Wardlow was a participant and an undercover boss Deal, remember, remember Stephanie McMahon did, did, did the undercover yeah. boss. Lonston. Wardlow was one of the ones that she exposed, you know, revealed to be who she was. And okay, we're gonna give you this tryout. And he, his story never made it to air, oh. it never made it to the final air mean, CBS or whoever the hell that was that did that. Yeah, uh, so so not only has Wardlow been one of the crop of people that have gone on the PC, but he also was face to face sitting, uh, in, in behind you know, with camera shooting, he and Stephanie McMahon. Some years ago. So Wardlow was there for WWE to take. They passed on him for whichever reason. Uh, and so that's, well, you know, it's kind of funny now. Uh, we look now and he's, he's got to establish himself in AEW and, you know, be, be, be positioned this way. So, and, but of course they are interested in him. How would you, why would you not be interested in him?
1: Yeah, especially if you're WWE, you know, especially in a time like now where they're looking for more bigger guys. I will say, as great as Wardlow looked, I was surprised at how evenly sized he was to CM Punk. He didn't like tower over CM Punk the way I thought he would. I mean, CM Punk is a bigger guy in AEW, but uh, I don't know how he would stack up to some of the monsters they have over there. Uh, I just think that that is the mold that they'd be looking for if they were to take anybody from AEW. And I think it's funny that you mentioned that story about them passing on Wardlow because they also passed on MJF who still to this day on WWE's own YouTube channel, you could find the promo that he cut to try to get on tough enough that they passed over.
0: That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. That is one thing. The size is relevant. You know, Wardlow's a, Wardlow's a muscular, big guy, but you are correct. His size is better emphasized in AEW that, which by, you know, per, per capita has smaller guys across the roster. So Wardlow is more of a big man in AEW's world, but you're right. When you put him in WWE's world, he's, He's more akin to a Sheamus. yeah. Uh, you know, he he's a thick, solid, muscle guy, but he is not, you know, Omas. He is not Braun Strowman. He's he's not uh Veer. You know, he he's not that size of guy. He, you know, so um but but nonetheless, but Wardle, the things that he the crazy thing is with the Wardo, he loves to um he loved Jeff Hardy. Warlow can do a moonsault. He can do some things. We, you know, we've seen, we even saw in that case the Cody Rhodes Warlock Warlow can do some things that a guy his size really shouldn't, or, or you know, doesn't need to be doing, shouldn't be doing. You know, I used to joke with him and say, no, you don't need to bust out the shooting star press. Just hit the driver, hit the power bomb, whatever. I call it a night. But um, yeah, so stock has never been higher. You know, they're in Cleveland in a few weeks. I think that we got the tease tonight. I think that's the spot where you finally have him snap and finally get his hands on, on MJF. They tease it tonight. The place was like a pressure cooker getting ready to explode. Spears cooled that. I think in Cleveland's where you make that happen.
1: Okay, so here's my question about that, because that would be incredible. He would showcase as a star, and I do think that that would be a great spot for that. But then when do you do the match? Do you immediately do it? Because this is something I could see on pay-per-view, but, I mean, it seems like CM Punk is going to go before Wardlow. So do you just let that kind of simmer and hold that on the back burner at the risk of it getting cold by the time they get to the match or do you do that before you do cm punk and mjf
0: here's what i think this is this is this is my my thought because you're right i think the punk match has to happen first i I agree i I think you can draw the wardlow match with mjf out longer i think what the, the the newest wrinkle that happened whatever last week or whatever week it was was the mjf um Revealing the 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 fine print in the contract of Wardlow working for him and that everything that Wardlow does basically just de facto goes to MJF titles, everything. I think you have Wardlow finally snap and and attack MJF. Maybe MJF even says you're fired or whatever. We get we and then sometime after that we get a punk MJF match, but punk even says, if I beat you, not only is Wardlow rehired, but he has no bond to you he is completely a free man and so you have essentially it's not for a title but it's essentially punk who has so much respect for warlords Warlord came out and kicked his ass and did it completely clean no heel antics just straight up overpowered to beat his ass punk has a respectful world and says i'm gonna fight for this guy you and me max and when i beat you this guy gets rehired
1: that's i love that
0: that's how i would go
1: that's great. It, that's it a great storyline in the 20. Yeah. And, and then the storyline is still fresh in your mind. So that would yeah. be a good way to do
0: it. That's that's how I would, uh, you know, and, and I'm just as me shooting here, but that's, that's how I would go. But Wardlow, and nonetheless, Stock is at an all, all-time high. He's got the crowd behind him that, that's growing with him. He's got the, he's the movie star good looks. He's the kind of guy that if Manscaped wanted to have a pro wrestler <laughs> be the spokesman, Wardlow's got it all. All right. The, 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 the man with war in his name is not screwing around with having any unkept uh, any unkept uh, situation. I'm gonna, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna report that. I'm gonna tell you that that's gotta be the fact. Uh, again, cheers to 2022 from uh, Manscaped and whatever your New Year's resolution is, that's great. But make sure you add to the resolution to keep yourself groomed and tuned down below the waist. Uh, how about having clean, shiny balls all year round? Our sponsors at Manscaped are here to save your balls this year and make the ball drop into 2022 the cleanest and sexiest ever set your first new year's resolution that should be your first one with good intentions and join the four million men worldwide who trust manscape and now with our exclusive offer that we are going to give to you that we do with our wonderful code and that code is winc20 and what that code will get you is you're going to save 20 percent on your order of your products and you're going to get free shipping when you go to manscape.com there's a lot of products you have to choose from of course there's the entire performance package 4.0 uh, that's got the signature lawnmower 4.0 trimmer you have the brand-new Ultra Premium Body Wash. You have the Crop Preserver, Crop Provider, all great for the for the aromas. You don't want to have anything foul going on there to the nose. That's important. Um, of course, you have the complete set that can all fit in the nice travel bag. You have the anti-chafing boxer briefs. Is a great little gift there. I love it. There's also the wonderful T-shirt just to be comfortable. So, again, the Body Wash, brand-new, smells great, uh, cologne-infused aloe vera and sea salt to keep your skin feeling clean, nice, and moisturized. Uh, So kick all of that discomfort and poor hygiene to the curb this year and use the best tools for the job. And that is all at manscaped.com. Save 20% plus free shipping. Manscaped is part of my daily regimen, no no matter what it is. And I'm not saying I have to shave every single day, but even if I'm not shaving, I got the body wash and I got the shampoo. I also have the nail clippings and the filings. I also have the wonderful cologne, whatever it may be, the travel bag. It goes with me every time I'm, I'm traveling. Anything that Manscaped has, I've gotten it, and it is all quality product. The mission is great. The results are great. The deal is great. Save 20% plus free shipping. I get four million men worldwide, two of them right here. Uh, Alfred, I know you don't mess around anymore. You have Manscaped as part of your bathroom uh, deal.
1: Have Manscaped. Love Manscaped. Uh, Really, just you'll never feel better and more aerodynamic. Uh, You'll never smell better down there. It's just completely changed everything. So thank you, Manscaped. I can't thank them enough.
0: It's a new year. No pubes in 2022 with Manscaped. Check them out, (laughs) manscaped.com. All right. Uh back to the program. Again, thanks to Manscaped for all of their support every single week here on Wrestling Inc. Up next, Powerhouse Hobbs versus Dante Martin. Taz is on commentary to narrate his team Taz trying to get a victory. Uh Powerhouse Hobbs. Nice, nice ringer. Little, little, little nod to Harlem Heat is what I took there.
1: Yeah. Like yeah. Very much. It's kind of starting to get away from the more Taz influence, but he had the flames on there, and yeah. I very much liked it. I
0: take it. Uh, this is, uh, again, uh, Powerhouse. Hobbs living up to the name Powerhouse, showing off his strength on Dante Martin. Uh, at one point, Ricky Starks get on the apron to try to cause a little problem, and then he gets pulled off by who? Who? Jay Lethal. Jay Lethal yeah. has resurfaced and pulls Ricky Starks off the apron, but while that kerfuffle's going on, Dante Martin hits the nosedive off the ropes and ends up getting the pin on Powerhouse Hobbs, so kind of like the same way in a different way but similarity to the Wardlow Punk, it is all Hobbs in the power game, but then slips a little banana peel uh, at the end, and via di- because of distraction, and ends up getting uh, pinned by Dante Martin. But again, the story here: Jay Lethal, Alfred. How many days has it been since we saw Jay Lethal?
1: 35 days. In fact, I was so concerned, Justin LaVar, that I days ago placed a call to the authorities. It is on my YouTube channel, Pro Wrestling Bits. Uh, a very contentious call that didn't go anywhere. Uh, I'm not saying on the reason that they've located him, uh, but it is interesting timing that after the call to the authorities, we have now located Jay Lethal. So thank everybody who participated in the Jay Lethal search party to raise awareness for this cause. He is back on television. That's good. That's a step in the right direction. Uh, it just it, it, it the elephant in the room here is also that you would think this is a spot Leo Rush would come in there because he was involved with this and uh, after the comments that he did make over the whole Big Soul controversy, you gotta wonder if he's been replaced with Jay Lethal Uh, but, uh, it it does kind of remind me of how WWE used to book black talent where they just kind of put them all in there uh, together. And we're not really told why they're fighting. I feel like because there's a big bang audience now coming in a lot of potential casual fans, they did a good job in those first couple of segments, setting up all the different storylines and explaining why they were fighting. And I think that that was lacking with this match.
0: Yes. If you have not seen the video, go check out Alfred's video. Uh, he does place a call to the authorities to to, do dispatcher about Jay lethal missing. Um, there's some questions on the other end about Description of Jay Lethal, why is this important? Uh, go check it out for yourself. Very rude um, dispatcher,
1: but we okay. found him.
0: You know, my mother was a police dispatcher for 30 years. She just retired oh. uh, a year, year and a half ago. That was not – the dispatcher you dealt with was definitely not a properly trained dispatcher. I can tell you that.
1: Ma- she would have she, – Mama Labar would have found Jay Lethal on the second. I yep. have no doubts.
0: I think she would have done a better job than whoever you, uh, whoever you reached in Chico. Um <laughs> <laughs> so uh take a look at that video and again um yeah here we are. So uh Powerhouse Hobbs getting some TV time. I, I'm he's probably my favorite of the team Taz guys. So. Yeah,
1: we talk about Wardlow. I think Powerhouse Hobbs is also right up there in terms of a Powerhouse how explosive he is. I just love seeing how he's developed as a wrestler and I I do think there's a lot of potential there with Powerhouse Hobbs.
0: Yeah, I mean I again I I, I... Taz has a lot of credibility. I say that, you know, Taz got a lot of credibility from his ECW days. We know that Tony Khan loves ECW. So I have no problem with Taz being there. And I think he's great on commentary to have as a, um, you know, as a role, as a, as just add depth on the commentary. I just, I'm sorry. I just don't think team Taz has just done the benefit to anybody that was intended. You know I mean? Powerhouse Hobbs looks good individually. Ricky Starks looks good individually. Hook is getting all the bus. You know, he's becoming like the Friday night star. But I, the team collective just has – in a, a promotion full of factions and teams, yeah. Team Taz has not had the impact you would think it would have by being led by a guy who is Taz, with Taz's resume. It just hasn't. So um, I, I just – I don't know. I think at some point some of these guys need to go their own direction and um, still get booked on TV, but I just don't – the Team Taz. I mean, look, I mean, Powerhouse Hobbs dominated the whole match, but Team Taz still lost. Yeah. Uh, you know. <laughs> So, i don't know we'll see backstage we get chris jericho um he gets interrupted by eddie kingston they're having verbal jabs here they both want a piece of daniel garcia and 2.0 and have their eye on daniel garcia who's in the main event tonight against sammy guevara of course that's part of jericho one of jericho's boys so uh eddie kingston and jericho are setting up some of the issues that they're gonna uh have later in the night mjf runs back out alfred and uh, he's so mad. He he knows Punk's down and out. He he's furious. It's it's finally time to get the people the match they want. So next week in Washington D.C. it is CM Punk versus Sean Spears.
1: Oh, Damn. swerved again.
0: Swerve, bro. <laughs>
1: That's
0: what I mean. It times out. D.C. next week. You know, Punk beats that one. Then we're in Cleveland. I you know I mean. I don't know. They can't do that, right? They can't just give a one week build of like Spears can't lose next week. And then they only give a seven days build to MJF and Punk on a dynamite in Cleveland. And then that can't happen, right?
1: I hope that doesn't happen on TV. I think that's a pay per view worthy. It could be an offensive pay per view, really. And I I like this because this is another version of MJF's five labors this is a staple of mjf's character and he was even doing this before the five labors where he would put uh, i think it was dean ambrose or no it was cody put through all these different labors that he had to get through and so this is another version of that and he's doing it in a different way where he's teasing that he's going to face cm punk but then at the last minute he's got another obstacle for him so i'm fine with this
0: yeah yeah so uh yeah i mean yeah it makes sense i mean go through everybody you have go through spears um so yeah, we'll see. I mean, I, I and then it's like does I mean, does he throw FTR out in the way of CM Punk? Does That buy you a few more weeks, I don't know. We'll see. All right, Hangman Adam Page promo. He comes out, talks about how he's going 90 minutes of the ring with one of the best in Bryan Danielson, uh, and, and as great as it is that he still is champion, he wants more. He wants a new challenger. So, Q Dan Lambert who comes out there and says, "Look, I can't argue. You've been you, you are out there you know going up against brian dennison you're the champion you didn't pull the cody Rhodes politic way you earned it uh the old-fashioned way the only thing you didn't earn the only thing i'm not buying a new hangman page is cowboy you're not a cowboy um you know he he relates him to the ymca to the the village boys (laughs) village people cowboy uh, which which is really comical um page fires back his cowboy credentials of growing up 90 you know 90 miles away or whatever it was from Raleigh on a, on a farm with cattle in Virginia and come on here in the ring I'll put my cowboy boots up your ass and show you show you what I got uh he referenced that he turned down a six figure contract to come to AEW and start fresh from a company um Alpha a first remember did, did, did do we know what, did, was he offered a, a six figure contract from WWE did he turn that down is that what he's hey, referencing He on
1: a page yeah I don't know if that's what he was referencing. Yeah, I didn't know what uh, they were talking oh, Maybe – oh, you know what? Yes. Okay, it was before AEW started. The elite and Triple H had negotiations, and okay. I'm sure there were offers on the table, if nothing else, to get them to stop from starting AEW. And so in the final hour, they did get offers. But I guess now we know whether it's kayfabe or not. It was a six-figure offer.
0: There we go. Yeah, he mentioned that. Uh, so, uh, yeah, that's all going on. So, you know, Dan Lambert, of course, saying I'm not coming in the ring there. And the music hits. And here comes a returning Lance Archer. Now, Lance Archer was last seen uh, getting beat up by Lambert and Cruz. So Lambert uh, running like a scalded dog, but only to see that uh, Archer's not there for Lambert. Archer's there to attack Page, and he does so, uh, delivers a number on him, even uh, does his finisher onto a chair uh, onto Page. So uh, Lance Archer back, uh, always looks the part and appears to be the next challenger for Hangman Adam Page's world title. Do you agree with this being the next number one contender?
1: I think this is fine. I, I see this as more as a TV feud, but I love how this was done because it was kind of rough of Bobby Heenan's, but whose side is he on? Where the announcers aren't necessarily made to look like fools. You know, anybody doubting, maybe if you're a smart fan, you're doubting that Hulk uh, Hogan is there for good reasons. Bobby Heenan saying whose side is he on kind of swerves you like, oh wait, maybe, you know, he is going to be a, a baby face but he did this with lance archer where um dan lambert was saying there's a world champion right there in the ring so you're thinking that lance is going to ignore this heel and go after lambert but i thought that it was a good swerve to um hang me on page because i think it was pretty obvious the second that lance archer walked out he's probably gonna end up going after page and be the next challenger uh but I, i'm fine with this i think they're gonna have a good match i don't see this going too long and uh it's good to see lance archer back and healthy that's for sure
0: yeah i'm a big lance archer fan and i, and I think you know AEW has done it this hasn't done enough up to this point with some of the big men they do have so i think you know getting archer position i, I don't know what the story is where i I you know i guess we're done with he and jake the snake i know jake you know has had different uh, health scares what have you i don't know but I, I loved heel lance archer with with menacing jake and them in the backwoods and kind of having like fight club in the in the backwoods uh you know yeah. in the country but um yeah, good to see him back. You know, it's funny you mentioned the Bobby Heenan thing. And if again, for any of our younger fans who didn't pick up on this, this is a uh, Alfred's reference in '96 when Hulk Hogan resurfaces in WCW. Uh, we think to attack the invading Hall and Nash, only to uh, join them and, and become and form the NWO. Um, I know some people might be like Justin, why are you, why are you uh, mansplaining? One of the biggest <laughs> moments in history, but you would be surprised. We have some younger fans who were not even alive in 96 who may not know that reference or they know Hogan's in the NW, but they don't know that Bobby Heenan famously screams the words on commentary, but whose side is he on as Hogan uh, looks to be coming to WCW's eight, It's funny. I always thought for years, Alfred, <clears throat> in the moment and then for years after, I always agreed with what you just said. I always thought it was kind of like reverse psychology of like, well, here comes Hogan, who's never been a bad guy, you know, at least in the mainstream. i never been a bad guy at that point. And, of course, he's coming to help WCW. And then, like, Bobby says, well, whose side is he on? Because we don't know who this third man is. I always thought it was a reverse psychology. I always thought Bobby Heenan was being really brilliant. However, and and got and rest in peace, and got, one of the greatest talkers I ever Bobby Heenan, I since have gotten to talk to people who were in WCW at that time, people that were in key points, even with commentary, and they have said to me in so many words, no, Bobby just almost completely spoiled the yes. damn thing. Bobby didn't necessarily bring his A game in his WCW years. (laughs) He liked the (laughs) paycheck. I can
1: absolutely see that. Yeah. So
0: once I heard that, I was kind of like, (laughs) oh. (laughs)
1: <laughs> no that makes complete sense because to casual fans like it's almost like it's only meant to swerve the small section of hardcores who know yeah. that if a heel says that maybe we're going somewhere else but yes to like 90 percent of the audience the casual fans you were just kind of tipping your hat that oh my god hulk hogan might turn heel for sure
0: yeah it got to the point where i think they kept they literally kayfabe bobby on something so he would have to generally be surprised <laughs> from there so he couldn't spoil something <laughs> But nonetheless, Bobby, but still, Bobby Heenan, especially Bobby Heenan's WWE commentary work, yeah, Rumble '92, the peak of it. If you never listen to it, go back and listen to it. All right, so Hangman Adam Page and Lance Archer. That's sport keep around. I, I agree with what you said. I think TV feud. I the next pay per view is I think Revolution. As I said, I don't know if this makes it a revolution. I think this is one that they can yeah book a dynamite around a world title match and kind of and, and kind of you know get the payoff there for that. Uh, all right, we got some women's action. Hikaru Shida up against Serena Deeb. This is all Serena Deeb just being, uh, uh, just being cerebral as all hell, attacking Shida with a kendo stick. Match happens. She's just beating Shida down, gets Shida into a submission. Ref stops the match, awards the victory. To Deeb, post-match Deeb, uh, again, beating her down with a kendo stick. So really trying to get an edge uh, on Serena Deeb here, trying to elevate her as being a, a more credible heel in this women's division. Did you buy it?
1: Uh, yeah I, I like how this is done this is kind of an old-school tactic uh they pulled it out pretty well i thought it was weird how ty conti and anna jay ran out and this is what they do with jericho a couple of weeks ago where he runs out way after their allies have just been beaten up yeah. the damage has been done they walked right by serena d who's standing right there they could have pulled up and i think they were with sky blue and they just blew right by her to go to their friend which is it's like where were they beforehand to prevent something like this, but at the same time, I did like Serena Deeb's work. I think she remains criminally underrated in terms of not only her value to the women's division to help them get better and far along, but as a character, I think she's coming along
0: yeah, this is the right move you know if she just going back to Japan soon um you know use her use her to elevate a heel Serena Deeb again a great woman to have in the locker room i don't I don't foresee her being you know, women's champion or, sure. or TBS champion, but she's just a good hand, a good, a good experienced voice to have in the locker room. And so I have no problem trying to fire her up a little bit and make her credible. Um, you know, maybe as one of the first credible challengers for Jade Cardinal um, that Jade knocks off um, just because Jade's obviously more of the babyface side versus Britt being a heel side of, of, of the champions. So yeah, I, I think this was just fine. Um, I think they have to just my biggest thing with AEW is I think if that's what we're trying to do, if we're trying to make Serena D be one of the top heel contenders in the women's division, I need to see it consistently on dynamite. Yeah. I don't need to see. I I'm sorry. Rampage. I'm sorry. Dark. I'm sorry. Elevation. I'm sorry. Being the elite. I'm sorry. Tony Khan's personal blo- Like I, I, it's great that you have all this content for your diehards to absorb. It's great. You have all this content time. To get guys and girls some in ring reps and get them in front of the live crowd and and it's even the indie talent they bring in for one offs. It's it, it's great for everybody. All that's great, but it's my biggest gripe. I say with AEW is that they sometimes just af- assume everybody's watching everything. Yeah, like you know, if you didn't watch the Battle of the Belts, you're wondering why. What there's there's an interim champion Shit. Like like I just I just I just they have to focus. Wednesday is still their flagship. So if this is if this is a priority, Serena D being a top heel, she needs to be on dynamite the next coming weeks, repeatedly featured or shown being that heel. It cannot be put on the different nights for the next three, four weeks and expect everybody to be following along. I just don't appreciate I don't I don't agree with that. So yeah, just, and there's
1: a lot of inconsistency with that women's division because you typically really get one women's match uh per week. And so there's only so much they can do to advance their wrestling storylines. And I think that lends itself to people going missing from, you know, weeks on end before they're able to get them back in the mix.
0: Yeah, so, um, we'll do that. Uh, I see she's uh, lighting up the chat room uh, with her appearance.
1: Hey! Hello, Isa. Happy birthday. She had a rouser of a birthday uh, bash last night on NXT and then before that on our, our NYC Demon Diva stream on YouTube.
0: I know, I'm so sad. I couldn't join it. I was already occupied, not even near a device to, to jump in and, and have a shot, but again... Happy birthday to her. Glad uh, everybody's celebrating Issa and celebrating the birthday and celebrating her here with us on Wrestling Inc. All right, up next, hometown advantage for Matt Hardy, uh, just uh, several miles away in Cameron, but Raleigh's where he flies in and out of, so it's just as good as being his hometown. Matt Hardy uh, is going to have a match, but first is in ring with Private Party, cuts a little promo, says that uh, he's going to delete Penta and send him to the hospital so he can join his brother, phoenix so here we get matt versus penta um uh, you know competitive match they even go to commercial uh conclusion is going to come here matt misses a moonsault uh and then penta hits the fear factor pile driver and so penta gets the win matt hardy's now nowhere to be seen he's done here now this is penta cutting a promo he's got a message for malachi black and before he could say too much lights out here comes malachi black malachi black's in there uh he tries to go at it with penta but then here comes griff garrison and brian pillman jr they still have a bone to pick so now it's three on one and unlikely uh allegiance here for the moment of of penta and the of the varsity blondes malachi black noting it's three on one this is a problem cue the lights go out again back up uh slightly even more as the debut of brody king as he's standing side by side malachi black and he takes care of everybody in the ring so brody king as we had been rumored and thinking it was going to happen based upon Donets, based upon rumors, standing there side-by-side with Malachi Black and (laughs) Alfred. These two guys visually, that's a hell of a pairing.
1: It really is. That House of Black is something else, man. And they're already even teasing Julia Hart eventually going over there. And so I really did think that Brody King looked very uh, impressive. I liked the fact that he did come off as a big star because the second time those lights went off, the fans really popped for him. And you know, this—it looks like it's going to be a fun stable. I, I always have said that Malachi Black should be somebody who's more of a loner, but if you're going to give him a group, you make it all about him and their disciples of Malachi Black. So it looks like this is the direction they're going.
0: So I really had my eyes on this match and segment. You know, Tony Khan had teased on Twitter a surprise. And I get a little weary with the, you know, I get a little weary with him teasing surprise. Let's not like, let's, let's just, I'd rather you say nothing and just let things happen than like build up an expectation. Uh, But nonetheless, I have my eye on this because I'm looking, okay, we know Brody King eventually is probably coming. So I'm waiting and watching for that. You know, knowing that that's, that's there. Also, you know, look, I'll, I'll be honest with you. We're in Matt's backyard. Matt's going up against Penta under the context of, Penta's flying solo because his brother is down and out. Jeff Hardy's a free agent. We don't know the details of his situation, whether he has a non-compete or whether, you know, AW is ready to take him on. But, like, you know, we're in Matt's backyard. Matt's talking about taking on a guy and brothers. And I was like, I was keeping an eye on this. And Tony Constantine surprised. I'm like, look, wouldn't this be an ideal place for have know. Jeff Hardy <laughs> pop up? Now, it didn't happen. Uh, I'm not saying it won't happen later uh but that was kind of there and 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 then i guess i'll jump ahead now real quick to matt hardy later in the night so matt hardy we see backstage later he's frustrated he's lost he's saying maybe he's worrying too much about the future of AEW. basically acknowledging that his house of his his hardy family office with private party and some of these young young guys isn't where his, his needs to be again got my wheels spinning get back to being worrying about the hardy brand and just as he's worrying about that andrade uh el idolo comes in and uh has a business proposition for him and they they walk off camera. So not sure what that's going to lead to, but Matt Hardy seems like the seems like the Hardy family office. We're dropping that here shortly. Yeah.
1: And I mean, weeks, several weeks too late. I, re- I really feel like that they kind of dropped the ball with that in that when they first started doing it, I thought they did a good job with Matt Hardy and private party and Hardy being this worker. And then from then on, it's i would say the last six months of them being together. I couldn't tell you why. And it really hasn't done anything for anybody's careers. But, you know, now that there's potential for Jeff Hardy and Matt Hardy to be reunited in AEW, I, I do see it happening eventually down the road. And that's going to really reinvigorate Hart- Matt Hardy.
0: Well, and also stemming off of that, <clears throat> a big theme tonight, and then it comes into the next match with the Acclaim versus Bear Country. A, a big theme for a portion of the show, especially this back end of the show, was how loaded the tag division is in AEW. Of course, it starts off in the first part of the show with the Bucks talking about how they're the longest reigning tag champions and they want to get the titles back. And then Fish and O'Reilly saying, yeah, we're in the mix now. you know. And then you get the Acclaim versus Bear Country. And commentary is touting how Bear Country is probably the biggest in size of the tag division. Of course, the acclaim gets the win, as we'll talk about here in a second. There's also Sting and Darby we'll talk about in a second. Jesus, yeah. Um, You know, like, so, you know, and then there's the Santana Ortiz, there's FTR. Like, so, like, yeah. And then I'm thinking, like, well, God, add arguably one of the greatest tag teams ever in the Hardy Boys. Like, So that's that was kind of got my got my Jeff Hardy wheels spinning of like we are in like a perfect kind of situation right now. of Like they're putting a point to say this tag division AEW is second to none.
1: Yeah, a thousand percent. I mean, if it wasn't already. So, yeah, it would be the rich getting richer if that happened.
0: Yeah, so we get the Bear, uh, bear Country versus the Acclaimed. Uh, more Matt Caster uh, uh, raps here. Uh, this is going to end with Caster hitting the mic drop, elbow drop from the top win over uh, Bear Bronson. And then after the match, uh, Sting and Darby come out. Of course, Sting and Darby were referenced in Max Caster's uh, rap, saying that they were uh, uh, you know, too much of bitches to show up. Well, Sting and Darby show up, uh, bat and skateboard in hand. Sting hits a scorpion death drop. So, And again, commentary is putting on the tag team, the, the formal tag team that is Sting and Darby. So... I don't know, maybe if maybe it really does feel like we're headed towards like an explosion of tag teams in terms of like, I don't know if it's a tournament or a crazy-ass war games-esque match, but the tag team division really feels like here in 2022 is a, is a top priority and marketing point for AEW. Yeah,
1: it really stood out to me, especially with Darby Allen, because they really made a point to emphasize the tag team record of Darby and Sting and talk them up as a tag team, whereas Darby Allen, you would think, sooner rather than later is going to be showcased all over again as a single star. It looks like for the time being, they're fine with him and uh, Sting has attacked him. And I think it works. I think it's a great act.
0: And you know, you know, and I'm not faulting. I'm not saying that I wouldn't be doing the same thing. You know, Tony Khan is just waiting for the position to give Sting one more title belt to wear in his career. Yeah. I think that's coming. I think, I think Darby and Sting as tag champions at some point is coming. And I, again, I don't, I can't necessarily say that I wouldn't do the same, given that the fans have bought into sting and darby but like i i know that like, tony khan has got you know, a guy who loves the history and loves the legends and you know, he was giving these legends um a chance to you know offer rubs to the to the to the current talent i know he's got to be like let's give sting his last title of his career
1: that'd be awesome yeah
0: All right, main event time. Uh, Interim TNT champion Sammy Guevara is going to defend against Daniel Garcia. uh, Very famous uh, name in the Carolinas, especially David Crockett. He's going to be presenting the uh, title to the winner. Uh, Both Chris Jericho and Eddie Kingston are out there ringside. Uh, Jericho there to support Guevara, Kingston there to get his hands on Garcia. So we have that factor going on. Uh, You know, Garcia and Sammy out for not, I mean, certainly two of the smaller guys, quite frankly, but Hard hitting punches, hard hitting strikes, and slaps in this. Uh, so they brought some intensity. Uh, Sammy at one point hits the crossroads. Nice little uh, jab at Cody Rhodes there. Eventually, 2.0 is going to come out and jump Jericho and Kingston. Uh, this is ultimately though, going to still lead to the GTH being hit by Sammy. So Sammy retains the newly won interim TNT title. But after the match, 2.0 is going to attack him. Uh, Jericho and Eddie both kind of come in to just get. Th- you know, thwart them off, but then Kingston mad that Jericho's, you know, Eddie wanted to get his shots in and Jericho kind of spoiled that. And so we go off the air with Eddie Kingston and Chris Jericho, uh, jawing at each other and each other's face. Uh, I'll tell you what, a couple years ago on, on a bingo card, I would have never, ever, ever, ever fought, thought there'd be a spot for a match in a, in a feud based around Chris Jericho, who has been top of WCW, top of WWE uh, up against, you know, the ultimate journeyman uh, had a that had a fight from beneath and eddie kingston but that looks like that's that's something we're hitting to
1: yeah and eddie kingston has done a great job carving out his niche over the past year and it does feel like a pretty big match uh based if nothing else on the reaction when they were teasing it earlier on the night when they you know kind of came face to face so i i would love to see it, the promos between these two i think is something that'd be very much anticipated, and if the promos are as good as I think they would be, it would only build more interest in the match, so I I would very much like to see, and I can't wait to see Kingston and Jericho, and what I like about this is it's very consistent with Kingston's character. Kingston is a guy who is very untrustworthy of these outsiders, and Chris Jericho is cut from the same cloth of a CM Punk in a big name from another company who uses Gravitas to help build AEW, which is a good optimistic way of looking at it. The way the Eddie Kingston character looks at it is, I don't need your help and i think yeah. he's speaking more than just this feud he's speaking about in general aew could do without you famous former wwe guys
0: yeah and, and the promo work was was you know, we got we got this we got the briefest hors d'oeuvre if you will backstage when jericho said you know okay mr indy but here at the big show at the yeah. at the major leagues this is how we do things you know kind of just diminishing eddie's you know uh journey so to speak so you're right if these two guys are given live mics in the ring. Not just a backstage throwaway, um, you know. AEW seems to have in the formula; they have no problem making veiled references to WWE. So I'm, you know, I, I certainly can see, you know, Eddie throwing out a, and I'm just paraphrasing a, a pitch here of a, of a I could see Eddie, you know, while you're busy, you know, sucking, you know, VKM, <laughs> I, I was, I was, I was doing the real work. I was, I was doing it the real way, you know. I mean, I could see those, those, you know, and 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 that that kind of a battle. Uh, and then it makes me wonder the match, style clash, uh, of what that match looks like. Uh, and I guess it's, maybe it's the same style clash you go into wondering what a punk match is going to look like with Eddie Kingston. But I guess that's 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 the style clash of like, okay, what does an Eddie Kingston match look like with a Chris Jericho? Um, so, but I'm intrigued, and that's and that's 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 half the battle is the intrigue right there.
1: Yeah, and Jericho has been teasing bringing back the Painmaker character, which is more J- japan influence. and Eddie Kingston is, of course, very influenced by all Japan, so I could see something like that uh, to make their styles maybe mesh a little more.
0: Yeah, no, that's a good call. I hadn't even thought of that, that angle, but you're right. Eddie Kingston is so influenced by the the Japanese uh, wrestling scene. So, that was AEW Dynamite Tonight and Raleigh. Um, again, next week they are in D.C. The following week they are in Cleveland, so keep an eye out on all things Wardlow, all rumors that are Johnny Carcano, um, but AEW got a lot going on. Again, a lot of a lot of stories being told. I I, I didn't touch on it, but there is, you know, we did see a backstage promo with with Adam Cole, the Bucks, Fish, and O'Reilly, and Britt. There's going to be uh, some mixed tag going on uh, next week. Um, so a, a lot of stories going on. So AEW, you know, no no shortage of things uh, to dive into for for whatever your taste may be. And again, Jay Lethal has been resurfaced. I, I think Alfred has been the one who who, yes. who phoned in phoned in the hotline and made it happen. So, um,
1: Jay Lethal search party, thank you all. Um, we made it happen.
0: <laughs> uh, Alfred, give us a little tease. What's coming up on Pro Wrestling Bits? What's coming up on Forbes?
1: Pro Wrestling Bits right now, I've got the uh, latest clip, not only the Jay Lethal phone call, which is doing very well, Uh, thank you so much for supporting it, Uh, but also a game of Pro Wrestler or Pro Skater that I played with the Carson City Clerk to see if she could tell the difference between a Pro Wrestler and AEW and a Pro Skater. We had a lot of fun doing that. Of course, more coverage for this MLW lawsuit, which actually leaked way before it was supposed to come out, so it was a very wild day for me yesterday, so check out on Forbes and then YouTube Pro Wrestling Bits. We have a lot of fun.
0: Hang hey, on quick let's, let's, let's we got a minute here we're not even at, we're we got like 4 minutes we hit an hour um first off give me a little more detail that's spoiling everything what's this new bit with pro wrestler pro skater what did you do with the with, with a who with a, with a clerk
1: City clerk of Carson, a dear friend of mine, Dr. Kalia Bradshaw, who is also the Carson City clerk, we played a game of pro wrestler or pro skater. I wanted to see if she was able to distinguish the difference. So I showed her six skaters, six wrestlers, of course, in different orders and whatnot, and asked, is this a pro wrestler or pro skater? uh no spoilers as to how she does uh but it was very interesting to see and then we also riffed on the rest what do you think about this person positive, negative? negatives so i was very uh surprised uh, in terms of who she was into and some wrestlers who she said she wasn't so much into but uh, we had a lot of fun gain a female's perspectives in terms of you know obviously she doesn't speak for everybody but she had a lot of very interesting perspectives i think i don't uh, really hear in terms of wrestling as to what she thought about these wrestlers
0: was darby allen one of the options
1: Darby Allen was. And you'll All see. right, I can't wait to see what she picks. <laughs> he is holding a skateboard in his picture, so you're, you know who knows.
0: All right, give her, What's the address? How can people find that?
1: Pro wrestling bits. Just go on YouTube. It's YouTube pro wrestling bits. Okay. You can uh, just you know Google that. Put that in Google or YouTube, and you'll find it immediately.
0: Yeah, and then uh, the MLW. So MLW is filing a lawsuit against WWE. Basically, basically, if I'm paraphrasing this correctly, and, and and stop me if I'm wrong. They're basically saying that WWE and and Stephanie McMahon and execs. Basically whispered in the ears of major of, of, of major distributors saying, don't work with them, don't whatever with them. That that That's the gist of it, right?
1: Yes, for Tubi, because it is owned by Fox. WWE works with Fox, and the allegation is that WWE interfered in MLW's deal, which was all but signed, sealed, delivered, but then it was nixed, uh, reportedly, because WWE stepped in and said, do not work with this other wrestling company. And so now MLW is alleging that is an antitrust violation.
0: And then AEW, well, I mean, one of the original. He's not featured much regularly right now, but he's one of the original ones of it. Joey Janela. He's been publicly kind of saying, screw. <laughs> he's rooting for WWE in this because yeah. he has a bad taste in his mouth for lack for for the the pay or lack thereof that MLW reportedly, according to him, uh, allegedly gives their talent. So. That's wild in its own right that he's uh, advocating for WWE to win this win this legal yeah. battle.
1: Especially given his ties to GCW, he's a guy who has his own wrestling shop. He should be rooting for the little guy here. But Joey Janelle is very unpredictable in where he falls in the spectrum.
0: Uh, again, uh, well on the East Coast here we we have uh, <laughs> we have foot fifty two minutes to go. Uh, it's still January twelfth, but it's been a wild twenty twenty two already. So. A lot to take in. All right. Again, as always, please tweet us. He's at, this is nasty. I'm at Justin LaVar. How are you consuming this podcast? What is it doing for you? What do you want to see or hear more of? We're open to that. Just be, just be nice. There's so much negativity. Just be nice. I'll take, I'll take criticism and suggestion, but be nice about it. Let's not get personal, but tell us, what do you want more of on this podcast? How are you enjoying it? Uh, What can we do to make it more, uh, even more enjoyable for you? However, you're consuming it. I love to hear that stuff. It's one of my, one of the best things, waking up Thursday morning and seeing, my Twitter feed of like, hey, I'm doing this. I'm going to work. I'm driving. I'm at school. I'm, I'm dropping my kid off. Whatever. It, it it's it's good to hear. We really appreciate it again. The big big thanks to manscaped.com uh for all of their support. Again, W-I-N-C 20 is the code to use if you're a fan of this podcast to try out the wonderful products they have. Alfred's already told you he's got a lot of great stuff going on there. Very exciting. Uh, at this is nasty at Justin Labar. Thanks for all the comments. Thanks for all the super chats. Like, share, do the thing. Tell a friend, tell a friend, tell a friend tell another friend. That's how it works. We'll see you next Wednesday here on Wrestling Inc. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum.
1: At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget.